Welcome back to the Sandy Home Podcast, Episode 6. And don't be a fucking dickhole and turn this off. Okay? Don't do it. And I don't mean that as a mean term. I really don't. My brother-in-law, TR, calls been calling me that for years. Uh, he's one of my best friends. So he just minds his phone. What's up, dickhole? And it's funny. So, of course, I had a one-up him. So I used it and say it louder and had a swear word. So when he answers, when, I, when he answers, calls me, I tell him answer. And I love walking into the room, and my wife is uh, on her phone on speaker with T.R. and Kelly talking, and I'll hear it's them. Of course, I got to make my presence known. I go in, "What's up, dickholes?" It's funny. So uh, funny to me. And and the name of this episode is going to be funny stories. I've got a ton of those, and I'm probably going to do several more episodes about funny stories, but I'm going to bring some guests on to help with those stories, and it will be funny. So before we get started in that, I want to um, talk about a few things. Uh, we're going to have a website up soon. going to have uh, a link on there. Uh, I am starting my own foundation to help uh, raise money. For some good causes and awareness. So I'm looking forward to doing that. We're going to be selling a few things to raise some money. Uh, little wristbands, Sandy Strong wristbands that my friend, good friend Bill Baza ordered years ago. And it's been great. A lot of people uh, wanted them. So we'll put a big order in and we're going to sell those. You know, it's going to be cheap, but just to raise money. And probably going to do some t-shirts with the icon a lot of people like that thought it was cool and then also going to sell this cbd roll-on uh tanya sells that she it's it's amazing i've tried cbd years ago a bunch of it the drops and stuff and didn't do a damn thing but this stuff i was skeptical and then i now, now i use it every morning after i shower i put it on my thighs and my hips both of them a lot and at night, I put it on before we put it. It helps. Try it. Just try it once because I know a lot of other clients are uh, real. Um, very cool. So that, uh, again, T-shirts, wristbands, CBD, just something small. And we'll see how that goes. So uh, I want to go back few weeks to when Tanya and I did our podcast. Uh, I thought she was awesome, killed it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot more fun with having other people on instead of just me talking. So we're going to do more of that, and I got a pretty good guest list of people I want to bring on. But so that week, we, I felt good. I mean, all things considered. And then that Friday, up to this last Friday was horrible. Uh, I don't know what happened, but it was awful. And I did have three good afternoons where I got out of the house and met some friends, we had some drinks, some food, and it was really great. But the mornings were really difficult. And once I got out, you know, I felt good for, you know, three or four hours. And then I go home, 
and then it was awful at night and then it got to be the worst was Wednesday night it was so bad uh, I couldn't get out of bed Thursday or Friday uh I I couldn't walk and just getting out of bed to go to the bathroom in the kitchen get something to eat was terrifying so I mean I actually was thinking I felt so bad I I, I thought I'm not going to do this podcast anymore I kind of lost my will and I couldn't get in here uh, that's changed but I tried to dig deep and think about I follow a doctor named Dr. Joe Spenza and he's amazing it's all about meditation, and I'm going to do one full episode, maybe two, on him. He is amazing, changing my life. So what he says, you know, always be meditating. Even when things are bad, you just never know how close you could be to a breakthrough. And also my friend Emily Lauderbeck-Stewart sent me a long text. She's asking how I was doing said some of the same things, you know, just keep going, keep meditating. So I did that. So Thursday morning, couldn't get out of bed. I meditated for four hours. And I managed to get up, but I had to come back and lay down, and I, in the afternoon, meditated for another two hours. And then that night, for another four hours. Again, I couldn't do anything else, so I figured I'm just going to go in deeper, and deeper and longer than I ever have. I did that. And then I did it again on Friday because I couldn't move, get out of bed. Morning, afternoon, and then at night I started feeling a little better. And then, so that night I'm like, all right, I'm going to even, I'm going deeper and heavier on this meditation. And I woke up Saturday morning and I, I felt good. I mean, it works. I mean, I just lived through it again. That's why it gives me the confidence when I do have other bad days, which I'm sure I'm going to, that I can get through it. But it's just meditation. And that morning, Tanya texted me and tried to send me something, you know, how you doing? Uh, and I'm like, I'm actually feeling better. And she said, well, you want to come work out at 1230? I'm like, hell Yes. I got up, worked out, I felt really good. Had a good night. And then on Sunday, same thing. So as bad as the week before was this week, I've now had six days of not feeling like shit. That's awesome. Okay. Just appreciate all the little things every day. It's it's forced me to do that, to move slow and appreciate just being able to get out of bed and get something to eat. So uh, again, I'm, I'm so excited to, to tell you uh, about Dr. Joe and to get more people on here. Uh, I'm going to do probably, I think, two more that are by myself. One's going to be about Dr. Joe, and the other one's going to be about the gates of hell I went through last September and October. I got to tell you, I just I got to get that out of the way because it was awful. But I'll still, I'll try and inject some humor in there. But and I, I want to get through that because then the next few months were two of the best months of my life. 
So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So, oh, the uh, starting some of these stories. One of the uh, two stories I, I left off of the episode four. I had actually uh, done the first one and then we re-recorded it for a lot of reasons. But I realized I left off these two stories. One had to do with my car, which is disgusting. I'm a pig. And my wife went in the car and cleaned out. I had two bags of garbage in the in the back of the car. And she cleaned out three more bags of garbage. It was disgusting. It's like a homeless person was living in there. Just water bottles, food bags, junk mail, paper towels, tissues. Disgusting. And I would say it was it was like a uh, Dirty Mike and the Boys had a soup kitchen in there. If you don't know what that is, that is a movie called uh, The Other Guys. Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Do yourself a favor and watch that. One of the most underrated comedies. And, of course, they mentioned Dirty Mike and the Boys soup kitchen, which, which homeless guys had a screw party in Will Ferrell's uh, car. Funny. Got to watch it. Okay, the, uh, the other one was uh, I had a Kashi day. And my Lord, you know, I had talked about Kashi with my dad, and he's like, oh, yeah, keeps me regular. I'm like, regular? Holy shit, literally. I could be in your toilet within a few hours, or it would be a problem. I almost had a few accidents. But, and then what it does to my fart game. Oh, boy. My fart game is like first battle Hall of Fame shit. It is awful. Uh I walk around the house, crop dusting my wife. She, you know, she got to open the windows in the winter. It stinks so bad. The, the seat cushion I sit on is going to have to be incinerated. You can't get that stink out. It's so rancid. I mean, the uh, Mary went to see Tony and I farted in my car before I went. Worked out for an hour, got back in the car, and it was still disgusting. So bad. So I'm just driving around, run, run, run some errands, hotboxing myself all day. It's just disgusting. So, um, you know, I just, farts are funny. Sorry. You fart, I laugh. And, you know, <laughs> this is going to be a little bit of theme of this podcast, unfortunately. Some of it's gross, but I'll, I'll try and keep it clean. But, you know. One of the first stories is probably describes or helps describe how I became who I am. My two older brothers, Tim and Steve, used to, when I was younger, Steve was a wrestler. He'd, he'd lock me up, pin me down uh, on my stomach, and then my Tim would come over. He would pull his pants down, fart into a cup, and he put the cup over my nose nose and mouth so i had to smile and he punched me in the stomach so i had to, i mean you kidding me that affects a person and oops sorry but that's why i have this way i am i'm 55 years old i have a shirt on i think it says read my lips i just farted it's funny my daughter his well got that for me so um and i bought a fart machine oh yeah 
I'm immature. I'm a child, but that's just funny. I bought two of them, actually, so can be in stereo. But actually, it's, you know, I'm, I want to bring them with me. I'm going to take them to parties and or when people come over, and I'll, I'll plant one on a couch or put one behind someone's chair and just randomly set it up. Makes me laugh. So, another, what? This? Sorry. Another story. A uh, couple more fart stories. So, I was in study hall in middle school. Uh, the study hall was in a big auditorium on the second floor and you know different levels and there were just chairs those old wooden chairs at school and I mean those things the acoustics in there in that room on those chairs perfect so of course I'd go out to lunch and be in there I'd just be ripping farts and they were loud and everyone would laugh, and of course I'm crying laughing, and uh, the teacher, or the lady who was overseeing the study hall, did not like that. She was not amused, and she sent me to the principal's office. I got down there, told him I was there. He started laughing. He's like, all right, look, I got to support my teacher. You're going to get a detention, but just you know, try and stop doing that. And then I ran into her in the hall going upstairs and she was like yo yo i heard you got busy just want detention you do it again in my style hall sky's the limit 10 15 detentions I'm like, yeah whatever so uh it was funny and then oh here's a good one uh my friend i know i said i was gonna try and keep names out here but my friend john norman uh, he gave me the approval to use his name man he's a great guy um Still talk and text a lot, but he had a gift of farting. It is just never seen anything like. It. And I, I was always we were best friends for once, and we're just always over there sleeping over. They fed me, and we'd be upstairs in his room. I'd be sitting on a chair next to the bed. He's on the bed with his head under a pillow. His aspenier farting, and he had to have the pillow over his head because so he wouldn't laugh because I was giggling my ass off while I'm counting his farts. I don't know how he did. It. I don't know if he's bringing air back in his ass and put it back eighty plus times he farted. I lost track, but I know it was over eighty, which is just it's got to be a record somehow. So very very funny. So. Uh, what was this other one? Oh boy. Uh, Bowling Green. Back in college, going to summer school, and got up. Most days we went, went to class, you know, just put a hat on, put change t shirt, grab a backpack, off I go. And walking up to this building, I passed the the door for the class because I got a little bathroom so I took a leak. I walk down to the bathroom and I'm in there just doing a piss and I think, oh, you got a fart. And then, boom, it was not a fart. My God, I didn't shit my pants. It wasn't my pants, I was wearing shorts. 
my boxes, and I shit my fucking shoe, as well as the floor. I mean, imagine if somebody else was in there, standing next to me. I mean, what the hell were they? Imagine that you're also <laughs> shit everywhere. I, mean, I don't think it actually ruined my shorts. I ruined my boxes. My favorite pair of fully gear boxes. Had to throw them away. I cleaned myself off. I waddled into the stall. I'm like, oh my god. Cleaned myself off and went home. I got back home and my wife's like uh, my girlfriend then, wife now. Like, well, why are you back so I'm like, nah, class is canceled. I'm gonna take a shower. So that was a beaut. I've got a lot of people. <laughs> a fair number of people know these stories or have heard them, but a lot haven't. So they were texting me saying, Well, you gotta tell this story, you gotta tell that story. So I'm telling. And then uh let's see. Oh, another good one. I was in uh Chagrin Falls. Gamekeeper's Tavern. I don't know if it's still there. Restaurant. There's a front area. That's just like a little bar where people wait. And I was there with a couple of guys, and we would, you know, hang out there, have some drinks, get some food. And of course, I had a urge. I had to go to the bathroom, so I went upstairs this little area in the front of the restaurant, and I got to this bathroom, and it was the nearest, tightest stall. I've ever been in my life. I could barely get in there. So did my business, cleaned up. And as I pulled my pants up, I had inadvertently tucked the toilet paper into my pants. So I started walking out and I washed my hands and I started walking back to the restaurant. I had a 20-foot train of toilet paper, toilet paper flowing behind me. And I didn't know it. I swear to God, I did not do that intentionally. I walked down the stairs, through the bar, and these guys are like, you know, ha-ha, real funny. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you didn't do that on purpose? I go, what are you? I'm like, oh, my God. I see this toilet paper, and the guy, one of the guys worked there was like trying to, you know, clean it up. I'm like, oh, boy. It was uh, a lot of bathroom issues, so I'm. Now I'm going to tell you about probably my most famous story. And it was involving the Cabin Club. Nice restaurant in Westlake. Been there a lot. So, this is, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And a bunch of buddies were in the bar. We had some food. Their lobster bisque. Amazing. Some red wine. Of course, when I ate their bisque, their steak and red wine, uh, it's going to be an issue. So I it was probably 9.30, and I just slipped away to use the bathroom. Uh, I had to go take it out. I sat down. I passed out. And I didn't wake up till 1.30 in the morning. My legs are asleep. Like, what the, what the hell's going on? Where am I? And I finally come to it, and I managed to clean myself up and turn around in the bath, and I'm like, oh, my God. The whole place was closed, shut down, locked in. Luckily, I've been there enough times, so I, you know, I come out of the bathroom. There's a wall. I kind of know, all right, I'm here, here, here. Worked my way up to the front door, turn the light on. 
I'm like, oh my God, I'm in big trouble. Of course, the first thing I did, I look back, you know, the bar right there, and I'm like, hmm, maybe I could, no, I won't make a drink. I gotta get the hell out of here. So I unlock the door, it's just a padlock. And I, no alarm off, I ran to the car and drove home. I lived about two miles from there back then. And next morning, I'm getting texts from some of the friends I was with, like, what the hell's with the Irish goodbye? What are you doing? And I go, oh boy, you're not going to believe this. Uh, I didn't leave. <laughs> he fell asleep on the shitter. And they were laughing their asses off. It was funny. And then I was playing golf with uh, one of the owners of Cabin Club at Avon Oaks. And Walking down the fairway, he he told a funny story, and he finished that, and I'm like, oh, hey, Kay, I got a funny story for you. So I tell him this whole story, and he's just like, that was you? What the hell, man? You you owe me a new security system. I goes, new? You didn't fucking have one. You, you should be thanking me. Now you have one. He's like, yeah, I guess you're right. So that was a, a doozy. I get asked about that. A lot. People are like, oh, I heard a story about you. Yeah. Which one? Uh, cabin company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened. That happened. So, um, all right. Enough of the pooping and farting stories. Now we'll move on to something a little more classy. And that would be piss stories so got a couple doozies there too first one uh uh summer after my high school graduation i was working at the ix center with some other guys who were you're older than me and we were just going out all the time had a great time one day one night we went to, excuse me, we went to Cedar Point, and we're drinking beers on the way there, and I got to, I'm like, I got I to gotta take a piss, yeah, stop, and they're like, no, nah, just wait till we get there, and then we get there, and I'm like, I got to go, and they're like, they convinced me, I dare, to hold it and pee off the demon drop. Demon Drop is a ride at Cedar Point, right when you walk in. It's, you know, four people getting like a cage. You go way up, and it goes over, and then boom, drops down. The ride's still around. I actually look it up at some other amusement park in Pennsylvania, I think. So I go up in this ride, and it goes up and starts to move over it before it drops, and I can't, I gotta go. I just start pissing and then it drops and i'm pissing up totally up in the air all of myself and probably all of the people next to me so they weren't amused and i was just i was i don't know i was in shock so yeah got down the bottom and the the guy the ride operator he's got towel it's like all right clean this shit up and 
I'm like, eh, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, last chance. Yeah. I'm like, eh. Of course, right behind him is a police officer, big dude, and he cuffs me. So, went to Cedar Point, one ride, handcuffs. Out to the front of Cedar Point, and he's just like, man, what the fuck were you thinking? I'm like, eh, I was a dare. I thought it'd be funny, because I should take you down to the Sandusky Police and throw you in jail, but get the fuck out of here. So I left. I went on the front exit, and I went on to the side exit, entrance by the all the boats, and walked back in. So, that was a doozy. My wife doesn't like me telling that story. In fact, she heard me kind of rehearsing a little bit. She's like, don't tell that story, but I just did. So, another one. Oh, this is a really good one. My, this was 2005. I only remember that slightly because I uh, wasn't working. I was kind of in between jobs, and I had interviewed with a company, and I didn't know if I was going to get it. But then we'd go up a lot of weekends, ski weekends at Peak and Peak. My wife and I are kids, and it was right. We'd go up with some other bunch of other couples, and we would uh, just ski, drink, have fun. Of course. Me and a few other guys who remain nameless, but they know who they are. We smoked a shit ton of weed. Shit ton of weed. And get back from the uh, the weekend. Next day, it was the Tuesday. It's a long weekend. And I find out, I get a phone call that they're gonna, I got the job. They're going to offer me a job. But it is pending a drug test. And I'm like, oh. Great, I'm I'm screwed. So, and I had to take it like in a few days. And I'm like, what the hell am I gonna do? And I remember sitting in the family room, and my son Xander, who was probably six, you know, came running up from downstairs from probably playing video games, went to the bathroom. I hear him in the bathroom peeing, and I'm like, Xander, don't don't flush that, don't flush that. There's something wrong. It's broken. I'll fix it. He goes, okay, yay. Went back downstairs. And I took a thermos. And I went in there and scooped his piss out of the toilet. And I wasn't even sure what the hell is. I'm like, oh, shit. I try this, I guess. So I hit it. And the next morning when I had to go to the drug test, I pulled it out. I poured it in a baggie. And I was going to tuck it in my pants. And I thought, oh, maybe I, I nuked it for the 30 seconds, which I didn't know, but it was a genius move at the time. But, you know, pee's usually warm, so I warmed it up, tucked it in my pants, and I went to the place to pee in a cup. They give me the cup, I go to the bathroom, I empty the baggie into the cup, my son piss, and come back out. And the first thing she does is she puts a thermometer in there like oh god thank god i warmed that up but she's like yeah i don't know if you were in there for a while uh, i don't know if this is gonna work so you may have to come back i'm like oh no and then she's like oh no yeah it's okay so i passed drug test using my son's stolen piss you know they probably thought you know for a 40 year old guy uh 
you're clean, but boy, you eat a lot of fruit, fruit with some fruity pebbles. Uh, he liked those. So. Anyway, that was uh, that was a funny story. So I think that'll be the end of these funny story this episode with the poop and fart and piss jokes or stories, but a lot more, a whole lot more. I can't wait to do them. I'm gonna have some really funny guests on uh, to talk about these stories. So it won't just be me talking about me. Now I can have one of my friends talk about me, which is great. So that will do it. Um, happy St. Patrick's Day. It is St. Patrick's Day. And I'm so glad I made it in uh, to do this. Um, I can't wait to do a lot more. Take care. Talk to you soon.